this where I, I want to talk for half an hour. Absolutely. I always want to talk for half an hour. <laughs> half an hour minimum is how long I want to talk in any situation. Unless it's to strangers or out in public. I mean, I just want to talk to you mainly. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Ashley. And hello, listeners. Welcome to the AF Highlist State Podcast, where Matt and I are getting super stoned and watching the 100 greatest American films of all time, as said by the 1998 AF Highlist. We're on number 36 this week. Weeks. Weeks. <laughs> 36 weeks of AF highing together. Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, crushed it. I literally was amazed that I got through the description of the podcast. You nailed it. Thank you so much. Um, my edible is kicking right this second. Like, we started and I'm like, oh no. I thought I wasn't high and now I'm very high. Yeah, we're like, we're not halfway there, but we're like, we're like to almost halfway. To almost halfway. And that's Happy like... to, mo- to almost <laughs> Happy to almost halfway. <laughs> Happy to almost halfway, baby. <laughs> Happy to almost Happy halfway. to almost Happy to almost halfway. Oh my god, I need a shirt. Oh my god, for my birthday. Happy to almost halfway. (laughs) My birthday's coming up. Can you get me a cake made from like Mariano's that says happy to almost halfway? (laughs) I. I think I can do that, but I also do think I gotta get you a shirt that says that. No, I want a cake that's so fucking funny. You want a cake that says happy or, or to should we give it, halfway? Or should we give it to you because you'll be 30? No, I would say that's to almost halfway. <laughs> <laughs> do you think 30 is to almost halfway or is 40? To almost halfway? Oh my god, we have to wait until I'm on your 40th birthday. I'm gonna surprise you with a cake that's happy to almost halfway, and you're gonna be like, are you fucking kidding me? Because you're going to forget about it for like Ten a years. decade. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you. No. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, I'll get it for you this time. I want a cake that says it and I'm not even going to be 30. Well, I'll get you. Why are we even talking about me? I'm going to get you this cake. With how stressed out I am, I'm not going to make it to 100. So this is probably my to almost halfway. <laughs> Speaking of dark topics, let's jump into this fucking movie. So you had never seen this before, and I had never seen this before. Wow. It's like, I feel like we actually haven't had that in a while. I feel like one of us has seen the past several. Yeah, and also, like, we really didn't know what this movie was about. I The only thing I knew was that this guy was, like, a sex worker. Or so he thinks. Because he's not yeah. really, but, like, he thinks he is. Uh, or we never see him make, he only makes one successful transaction. I thought you were going to say we only see him make Whoopi and I was going to die. <laughs> I should have said that. We'll, make we, Whoopi. We only see him make Whoopi in this movie. Oh my God, the newlywed game. <laughs> Making Whoopi. Making Whoopi. So, so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> Why did we say that? I don't know. I literally, I can just jump into my nose. I love how so random, I love, oh, 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 I can't talk. <laughs> I love the vibe of this so far because like we're going tangentially like everywhere around. And then we're like, the film itself. <laughs> like we're jumping really focused, but then we got to talk about everything that enters our brain. 
It's like a little little padded cell of an episode. <laughs> Dude, we smoked for yes. the movie. Um, and like I haven't smoked in a while. Yeah, we smoked uh, some medical grade shit. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> um, and that was pretty cool. And that got us through the movie, really. And then right as the movie was ending, we took an edible. So now we're on an edible. And so. it was like a pretty fun mystery edible that like... Yeah. Is who working. Know, who knows where the source came from, but it is indeed working. Sometimes you never know with those. You're like, this is probably going to be a dud. And then it, like 45 minutes later, you're like, yeah, I'm having a feeling it's a little duddy. And then we sit down in here and I'm like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly yep. like that. Yeah. So we ain't fucking around when I say we're high. I feel like some people would be like, we're doing a high podcast and they like, take a hit or something and be like this is our stoner podcast when i say we get high (laughs) we try to get as belligerent as possible for you people (laughs) for you fair listeners (laughs) like we don't remember the next day what we talked about no we just know that we had a great fucking time yeah and we hope you did too Uh... is that our theme song (laughs) the af high list that's it <laughs> oh my god what if i start this episode with just me going ah. <laughs> people would be like it took them 10 minutes to explain this <laughs> it's like it happened at the beginning we were all confused and now we're here and we're literally eight minutes in yeah <laughs> i think you should do it you're it's, fucking welcome it's so weird it just might work it's gonna sound terrible but you know what i'm gonna do it Regardless of how it sounds, I'm going to have it in there so you can be like, what the fuck is this podcast? <laughs> you know, it's just as much of an experiment as it is. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, we're stoners who love adventures. Like, yeah, we're we, going to just test the waters. We really, we're really doing a good job with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that. <laughs> You're crushing it. Um, I just love that our fucking tripod right now for our mic is the film's. Read them. In, at the bottom going up. Yeah. And these are not just like DVDs or Blu-rays. These are huge box set VHS. Like picture a regular VHS tape and like multiply the size by two because it's like a collector piece kind of VHS situation. Yeah. That's who Matt is. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're... I'll bleep your last name. Yeah. <laughs> Even though everybody who listens to this already knows. I think it's just funny that we keep up the appearances where we don't say our wait, last names. Wait, like, what's your what's your name that, like, you make because everyone calls you Mark instead of Matt? Yeah, I don't get what's a your, last. What's the last name? I don't get it. Oh, you, Storm. That's the one I used to say. <laughs> Mark, Mark Storm. Storm. <laughs> <laughs> because I've definitely gotten Storm as, like, a last name before, too. We always laugh because we... <laughs> we have several jobs and like our this is just like a hangout with Matt and Ashley moment right now. <laughs> hangout. We deal with a lot of emails and like reaching out to people for either the first time or having like communications with people you only have a lot of communication for a short period of time. So people aren't really paying attention to the details of the emails you're sending, which is infuriating, I would say. But then when you get an email back where it's like, thanks, Mark. And your name is Matt. <laughs> yeah. You just feel so hopeless. Mark and Matt are similar in a way. But I have received Beth. <laughs> yeah. My name is Ashley. 
Well, mine is a combination of the first and last names. I know that's what's happening because it happens every time because it's always marked with a C. <laughs> every time. Um, but it like it's so funny and I've pointed it out and I've laughed about it or whatever. It just fucking happened again. Like literally last <laughs> week it happened. It's Mark Storm and you're Beth. What's your last name? Beth. Just Beth. <laughs> Beth Just Beth? <laughs> Beth Just Beth. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jet. I can't even say it. Hey, I'm Beth Jespeth. <laughs> Hi, I'm Beth Jespeth. <laughs> and they're like, how do you spell Jespeth? <laughs> Beth. <laughs> Beth Jespeth, pronounced Beth Jespeth. <laughs> Too much. I hate this bit. Let's shoot it in the face. You know what's an interesting name? Joe Buck. Joe Buck is the name of the character in this movie. Oh, we did we even finish saying... Yeah, we were, no. talk, we were done talking about... Were we done talking about... Uh, how he had never seen this movie. Um, my first note of it was I have no idea who is in this or what it's about at all. Yeah, I knew who was in it and a little bit about what it was about, but I had no idea what it was about. So you knew both the lead characters? You knew I that? knew the two of them were in it. Wow, crazy. But I didn't know any I don't know the plot. I didn't know anything about this movie. Nothing. I just knew the dude had sex for money or tried to, and it was those two guys. That's all I knew. I'm assuming it's a fake name. Or is that his real name? He's such an odd person. No, it's his real name because even when like the subtitle comes up for the grandma, it always said Shirley Buck. That was her name. Oh, that was her last name. Yeah, so that was really their last names. Oh, damn. Okay, well, just to jump into it, if you've never seen this movie, which this podcast, like, we're going to, like, sometimes we barely talk about the movie. Sometimes we talk about the movie a lot. I have a feeling I want to talk about it a lot, kind of, but with tons of tangents in between, <laughs> um, which is kind of how the movie's structured in a way. <laughs> yeah. This movie stars John Voight and Dustin Hoffman, which it's kind of cool. Dustin Hoffman's on here a second time because he was in The Graduate, and that was so long ago. That was, like, number seven. Yeah, that was a top tenner. Wow. Top ten banger. Was it really that long ago? Yeah, I think it was seven. Wow. Wowzers. I don't know why I know that. He was in The Graduate and like he has an affair with an older woman. And then in this film, it immediately starts with John Voight meeting a more mature woman than his age. How old do you think he's supposed to be? He's 28? So, yeah, she says he's 28. So 28, she's like... 40? Yeah. And so he's immediately fucking her because he hopes to be a sex worker and make some money by having sex because he's like, I'm a stud. I'm amazing. And I'm like, that's a really weird attitude to move to New York. That's a, He's an interesting man. But like, there's immediately that scene of like a sexual, almost like affairs are pretty common because every woman who's going to do it is married. Do you notice that throughout the movie? Yeah. They're like, when's he out of his poker game? Yeah, that later. Yeah, that conversation later. But it happens like a couple times. So I was just like, is Dustin Hoffman like only interested in horny, mature lady movies? (laughs) Yeah. Because even when he pictures Miami in his fantasy sequence, he was surrounded by older, older women. women. Yeah, and is it because that's who Joe Buck is hooking up with? So that's what he's like around or like exposed to, or is that just like this weird world in in this movie where like they like older women? They yeah. just like older women. 
it was so bizarre. But I feel like the woman at the end was more like in her thirties or something. Oh, I still got an older vibe. Really? She just she was, was a like boss ass bitch. I love. She was her just so like the much. sauciest and the the sexiest. That's all. But she was still in the same age bracket. Speaking of women, before this movie started, um, and I think we could technically, we'll have to evaluate this movie on this new scale. But for the AFI movies, usually, usually it stars like a white dude. <laughs> Yeah. From America. Like, I mean, it's American film or whatever. But um, usually the women, <laughs> negative things happen to them. They get slapped a lot, beat around. Um, it's a bad situation. So I said that for the rest of this fucking podcast, we should just have a scale. If the same woman is fucked, like has sex with the lead character, is beaten is left in like a dramatic, sad, tearful way. Like they walk out and they're like, no, please. Like that kind of situation. Or they're a damsel in distress. If all of those are true, we have to take a shot from some random liquid in that fucking kitchen. Sounds like it's going to be a plan. And it sounds like it's going to happen a couple times. Well, I don't know. I'm sure it'll happen a couple more times. But I feel like we would have died... During the first half of this podcast, or the first like, absolutely, because it was just constant for a Lots while. Lots of women beating for a while. It was I'm, like getting exhausting. I'm very happy that we've kind of moved away from that in the past couple. Yeah. So I'm excited to see like women who were pretty strong in this movie. Well, there's there's a lot of layers because then there's trauma with the women. <sighs> yeah, dog. You know. I gotta say, and it's maybe because uh, you're I'm high. really feeling the second edible here. <laughs> but I gotta say, I feel like this fucking movie made me like brain dead. Like, it no, was. No, that's totally the edible. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, I just think about this movie and I'm like, man, like, I watched, like, all of it, but, like, I feel like I'm. I. I don't even know what to say about it. <laughs> it's like a very layered movie. You almost for you get so wrapped up in the moment. Are the fucking radiators kicking on? Say <laughs> <C'est> lovey. <vie. laughs> um, you get so wrapped up in the moments that are on the screen that you kind of forget about all the other crazy disjointed moments. Until you remember again and you're like, oh shit, yeah, this is happening too. This movie is trippy as shit. It was kind of fun watching this one high. Yeah, I would was say kind it's an overall intent. depressing movie, but like I was down for being high for it. This was definitely a movie made for high people. 1969 hippie kind of fucking oh, thing that man. was going on. Yeah, like fucking this movie is a movie you do <laughs> drugs to. This is really funny that I just said that, like, this is the highest I've been in a long time. At the very beginning of the movie, I was also very fucking high because we just smoked. Yeah. And the strain is a little intense. <laughs> yeah. I think it's supposed to be, like, Tommy. It's Jones Tommy John's favorite. Yeah. Strain. Or his go-to, like, just, like, everyday kind of strain. Well, it fucked my shit up. And <laughs> Yeah, movie... I'm, I, Tommy Chong, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He is a king. <laughs> a master, if you will. Uh, which is what I now title every fucking service. It's like, what's your name? And I'm like, Master. Because <laughs> I want it to be like, hello, Master. 
And it all started from me naming the Hulu Masturbator. I got so pissed. <laughs> I literally <laughs> went to Hulu and I was like, it says, hello, master. And I was like, what the fuck did he do? And I'm like, that's hilarious. And then I went to like the my account thing and it said first name master, <laughs> last name Bader. And I was like, I hate you. <laughs> And that is still... <laughs> it's still the Hulu. <laughs> it's still our Hulu account. It's not like we did that to get a random free trial and then we like settled for it and then we used our real name. No, the free trial was Masturbator and it's still our <laughs> and account. And we just kept it after the trial. <laughs> so like I kind of hate you for that, but I love now that everything calls me Master because I do like to feel like an overlord <laughs> in my own home. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I need all of the technology to like really respect me. <laughs> I said I feel crazy high during the movie. Oh. It started and I wrote down... I'm going to black out in five oh, seconds. Oh, yeah. Right at the beginning of the movie, you <laughs> totally did say that. You were like, I feel like I'm going to black out. I didn't black out, but it was just almost like I was so high that I wasn't, I was looking at the movie and I wasn't retaining any of what was happening. But I do remember all of that now. It was just like I was so stoned in the beginning. I evened out pretty quickly. I feel like I'm going to feel like this forever. So, woo, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> no, this movie started, and it, you know, there's the opening scene where he quits the job and is like, "I'm just gonna go to New York City," and he leaves. Mm-hmm. And it's the opening credits or whatever. I was like, "Man, is this gonna be like a like a Tarantino movie?" And I was, it did feel like that in the beginning. Obviously, I know it's like 1969, and there is no Tarantino yet, but you know what I mean, like those movies that probably he grew up watching or whatever mm-hmm. and influenced him. Um, I was like, is this going to be like a Tarantino kind of movie? Uh, it wasn't, but I thought at the <laughs> beginning that it was going to go like that way. And oh. not that it's like not, because like it's obviously doing like a gritty 70s thing, which is definitely a Tarantino thing. But like it's not the Tarantino thing I thought it was going to be. It's not Tulane Blacktop. <laughs> Do you, what did you just say? Tulane Blacktop. What's that? It's a car movie um, <laughs> that was definitely an influence on Death Proof. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. I saw in those opening credits the Dick Smith's name, but there was no like explicit death or gore, you know, any any like things like that. Dick Smith, if you don't know, is a special effects artist who like works on really great gory effects. And also like was the the old age makeup in the uh, oh, Godfather oh, and and, and yes, both of them so good. Well, so like he'll he's like a good monster maker you know but also what? like a really good like old age and makeup he and totally did the makeup for dustin hoffman he looked yeah, fucking he disgusting looked, he did look really really fucking i gross. guarantee that's what it was yeah that's probably it i didn't even think of that the no, whole time. it makes sense now. but every time they did certain angles on him i was like god you look disgusting yeah Dick's like i could the best. smell what he's probably smelled yeah. like yeah and he was probably just like all was made up yeah that's great Good job, guys. <laughs> we were saying, you were like, well, I was expecting one thing. You're like, nope, you know what? He delivered. <laughs> I, assuming he did the makeup. but I, there It's was gotta a, be. There was like a little bit of blood in that one scene. Yeah, no, it's gotta be fucking the uh, Ratso makeup. Yes. Fuck. 
Ew, your eyes. Why are you <laughs> there? Doing... It is. God damn it. We haven't heard the jellies in a while. <laughs> the jellies. <laughs> You're still doing it. Oh, thank God you stopped. John Voight. I like I had no idea. I feel like I'm not as surprised when I see Dustin Hoffman because I've already seen him on the list. And I've seen a lot of people over and over again. So I, it's like the people I've already met. I'm anticipating to be on the list at some point. So when Dustin Hoffman shows up in this movie, I'm like, yeah, sure. It makes sense that he would be in this. When John Voight pops up, who like <laughs> is the weirdest motherfucker ever. <laughs> like my like version of what John Voight is, is completely different to whatever they're serving me up in 1969. That fucker shows up and I'm like, What? Is this the movie he became famous from? And I immediately was just like, he's always been terrifying. And I think he's still terrifying as like a 28 year old. That's my age. If I saw that fucking motherfucker, I would run. You think so? I don't know. He just looks pretty different from like fucking like Anaconda and fucking (laughs) like. is the funniest fucking (laughs) His accent Um... is incredible. And like Tomb Raider, like we're like the farthest from that sort of fucking John Voight. So it is, it's, I guess, I guess I think that one is scary. The fucking older one, like the fucking Anaconda era John Voight, I definitely think is scary. I don't know if I think this one is scary, but like, I don't, there's an unnaturalness to him. His face. There's an unnatural. It's not that he's scary. Like, (laughs) I actually do think. He was very good in this movie. Like, it was different than whatever the fuck he... Again, Anaconda is such... I mean, in a way, he's just overdramatic. So I guess that's kind of his thing. I would have to watch, I guess, more John Voight movies. I don't want to go through But I don't want to do that because I don't like him now. And I'm just very conflicted about him. But his face scares me. There were some moments where, like, the angle, I was like, I could understand why he would be, like, the leading man that, like, a bunch of... Do people find him hot? I don't think people find him hot today. Like No, back then. But, yeah, they did, yeah. See, oh, it's kind of like a Nicholson thing. He's so interesting looking that, like, I understand, but I'm not into it. I don't find him, I guess, attractive either Mm -hmm. here. I don't get it. Like, it doesn't do it for me. But, like, well, okay, no. I get it. I get that somebody might be into it. But I'm not into it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Random John Voight tangent. We had a movie night here. <laughs> and we... Yes! I literally thought of this tangent three minutes ago, and I'm so happy you brought it back around. I know exactly what you're going to say. I know what I'm going to. Are you ready for yep. a recommendation? <laughs> yeah, right? We're going to give you a recommendation, film fans. Um, <laughs> We were having a movie. Cinephiles. <laughs> Are you ready for the recommend cinephiles? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sit back, grab a tapioca, and enjoy. <laughs> I want tapioca pudding so bad. But anyways, your recommendation is a tapioca. It's tapioca and yum, yum, yum. Uh, sit down and watch the film Getaway. With uh, Ethan Hawke and Selena Gomez. Sir Ethan Hawke and Sir Selena Gomez. What do they call the, what do they call the women's, what do they get? Ladies? 
Lady. So it's it's Sir Ethan Hawke and, and Lady uh, Selena Gomez. I don't I don't know if that's true. Is it Lady Lady Helen Mirren? She must Dame? be like, Dame. So Dame Judy Dench. So so Sir Ethan Hawke and Dame Selena Gomez. <laughs> Lady. <laughs> Lady Lady Dame Selena Gomez. <laughs> Lady Dame. But also John Voight is in the movie as the uh, voice that is telling them what to do because like the whole movie takes place in the car and they're like <laughs> bickering the whole time. It's wonderful and there's great car stunts. I feel uh, like that description didn't fucking say anything and that's great so now your intrigue is peaked and you gotta <laughs> watch it. Yeah, we did it at a movie night. It was a hit. People seem to enjoy it. Um, but here's my punchline to this story. So we're... Uh, I went with my folks to New York like a couple weeks ago and we're in the hotel room and they got the TV on. Cause it, and my parents, you saw John they, Well, no, I had the TV on. They always have the TV on. They're like parents that like having like the TV on. Sure. All the time. Uh, and, but uh, they, they didn't care what I put on. And I'm flipping and motherfucking getaways on HBO. And I'm like, really? you know, I'm like, I want to pass this motherfucking curse on to them. I want them to know about getaway. So even though I'm not really going to watch it, I'm going to leave on getaway right now for them. <laughs> because it'll seep into their brains then, without them realizing right, it. Right, right. Oh, damn. That's hilarious. So now, Tag, you're it. Go watch getaway and send us your review of the movie getaway. To our email at afhighlist at gmail.com. No one has sent us their goodies. Or what is it? Your, oh, we call it. Oh, it was a long name, I thought, wasn't it? No, it was, send us your sillies. Your sillies. No one sent us any sillies yet, which is pretty sad. But if you do want to watch Getaway and send us your review, I'd love to read it. And if it's good enough, I'll read it on here. (laughs) That's right. Back to Midnight Cowboy. Uh, it, it starts off and you kind of get the vibe of the, uh, the, uh, molestation, I guess, that happened. Oh, yeah, there's some darker themes immediately. And it it hangs over the movie pretty thick for, like, the first half hour. And there's a lot of flashes to really disturbing stuff. And then I was, I made the comment, I was like, is this like a, is this is like a horror movie here? Like, this stuff. And I was like, yeah, this is, and we both said, and you said the word, disturbing. It does feel like a horror movie. It's also shot like a horror movie. The sweat on fucking Dustin Hoffman. He's literally decaying like before our eyes. Because I swear in the beginning of the movie when Joe meets Rico at the bar. He doesn't look. Like he does at the end. Yeah. yeah. He looks a little bit polished. He's like he looks just like a guy at a bar. And then the next time he sees him he looks like fucking shit. Yeah. And I wonder if that's like a director's choice or maybe I was just too high to fucking see it with my own goddamn eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but like maybe that was like a director's choice to be like, oh, as soon as Joe gets there, everything looks super glamorous. And then by the end of the movie, like he's living in squalor and everything's crazy, you know? And like that's what Rico slowly looks like he's dying, which 10 minutes in, he was introduced and then it brought him back and we both were like he's absolutely gonna die for this movie and does he if you don't want to find out stop listening now he dies he dies (laughs) (laughs) he absolutely dies really quick to jump back to the very beginning 
But, like, that opening scene happens where it's all on John Voight. And it's kind of an introduction because he's the star of the film. Like, it, we're following his journey from Texas to New York City. And <laughs> he does this huge dynamic scene. He's yelling for a while. And then he leaves the place and he's walking. And the credits begin to roll up. And the first name on the screen is Dustin Hoffman. And then it's directly followed by John Voight. And it's got to be such a fucking bummer when you're the star and you do the opening scene. But your name is not first. It's second. It would be fine if it was like last because it's like an introducing or and this person. But it's, it's just second. second. It's like, hey, this really famous person's in here. Just stick with us for a few minutes because you will see them. Yeah, it's like, it's like okay, this guy, this guy's your lead and he's going to give you a really good, really memorable performance. Uh, and he is your lead. But we have to give Dustin Hoffman more credit because you already know who he is. Exactly. Like, it's like, oh yeah, this, they're this both going to equally give. this was like two or three years after. Graduate. Graduate. So he's established. Yeah. It must just be the worst. Be like, fuck, like, I'm the fucking star. Like, yeah, I gotta take second to this guy because he's more famous than me. Would you say that, um, what's that fucking movie called? Shit. Fight Club. Edward Norton's the star. <laughs> but the is Brad, Brad Pitt's Pitt. name first? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Probably because Brad Pitt was on fire at that time yeah it's a fucking edward norton like and edward norton was famous then you know yeah but i feel like they would just kind of stiff him. but brad pitt is fucking superstar a-lister yeah yeah and he's barely in it I and mean, the nerds are like does it matter they're the same person I'm like go fuck yourself <laughs> dude i got rid of my fight club dvd i was like i'm never gonna watch this <laughs> <laughs> savage <laughs> Are we over Fight Club? <laughs> I'm done with Fight Club. I'm over it. Get it out of here. I feel like the first time I saw it, I was like, yeah, man, it's pretty cool. And then, like, I had a bunch of people make me watch it with them. And make I'm like, me like it. You know, and like, I'm like, I already me, like, said I I've seen like it. it, and I thought it was good. Why are you forcing me to, like, analyze every second of it? It's, like, not fun anymore. <laughs> Who's there? <laughs> Did you hear that? They're trying to, t- they're coming after you for fucking saying you don't like Fight Club. They heard about it. You were talking about Fight Club. I know the first one. <laughs> I'm talking about it. I'm going to get my ass kicked. <laughs> I think of, uh, another example would probably be Tim Burton's Batman, where Jack Nicholson <laughs> is the Joker, who is the villain of the movie, who should probably be like the Anne, takes top billing over Michael Keaton, who is the title character yeah. of Batman. <laughs> I would say that's fucked up because Michael Keaton is batman how dare you jack nicholson like i get it you're great at being crazy that's michael keaton that's our batman (laughs) that wasn't our batman yet though you know what i mean like he wasn't he did he was beetlejuice but he wasn't our batman yet they should have known but by motherfucking batman returns michael (laughs) keaton's name was on the top because that is Batman. He's my favorite Batman because every time he walks into a room, he's saying some snarky, stupid fucking comment. And I'm like, God, shut the fuck up, Bruce. But you love him. Yeah. And he's so funny, but he's playing it so, like, chill and down. He's so soft-spoken. I'm like, 
I love this vibe of a Batman. We're back to talking about Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I love his dry tone. He is. He's so he's dry. He's so good at being monotone. Like, but chill. like he gets some fucking savage zingers in there. <laughs> like when he's fucking yelling at Alfred in Batman Returns and he's like, <laughs> Alfred, you let Vicky Vale into the back, the back cave. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was it? The back cave. <laughs> I don't think it was as smooth as Michael Keegan saying it. <laughs> That'll be the drugs. <laughs> That'll be the drugs. Everybody. Who's playing Batman? Steve Gutenberg? Chris, Chris, Chris. That's an inside joke that they don't understand. No one's allowed to know that either. It's just, we just <laughs> look at each other. Steve Gutenberg. Anytime the, the name, I'm not going to explain this, but anytime the name Chris is said in public and Matt and I hear it, one of us will remember and turn to the other and just go, Chris, 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 <laughs> kind of loud so people can hear us. And it's like, how many Chris's have heard us say Chris? A lot. Oh, God. I love that that's a stupid fucking thing we do. God, we're the best. High five. Bitchin'. Bitchin'. <laughs> it takes a minute in this movie for you to, like, see him do the uh sex the sex <laughs> do the sex <laughs> do the sex oh you're a nightmare i'm the worst takes <laughs> takes a while to see the sex when um, a man and a woman love each other very much uh when they do the sex <laughs> <laughs> finish your thought um that's when like I was like, okay, finally, that's what something I knew that was going to be in this movie. I thought you were finally, let's get to the good part. Let's get to the Ew. I would say I saw more of his ass than I did titties. I would say so as well. A lot of his ass. I've seen a lot of John Boyd, but I really thought we were going to see some, like, bean at some point. Oh, yeah, because this movie's rated X. Yeah. But it was, like, the year after they were like, hey. We got cracked down on this shit. No more silly business. And everybody's like, what? And they're like, this has boobs in it? X. Extreme. And everybody's like, what? No, dude. There's no penetration on screen. I don't know. That's the best. crazy tangent. That's the best takedown of the MPAA I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Great work. Five stars. (laughs) Like, we know we've made a mistake, but we gotta make some outrageous claims for a while because we gotta, like, really scare people into it. And we'll just kind of back up. I mean, <laughs> everything can be anything. It doesn't matter. You could say fucking kids' movies now. <laughs> you only get two fucks, though, for a kid's movie. <laughs> Dora was crazy. <laughs> Dude, Dora was crazy. That movie ruled. How many times do you think Michael Pena on set screamed fuck when a child was around? Oh, the entire time we were there. <laughs> I feel like the entire time. <laughs> what the fuck, bro? And they're like, that's a child. You can't <laughs> scream what the fuck, bro, at a child. <laughs> uh, if I had a baby, I'd probably just curse at it all the time. He doesn't know what I'm saying. Yeah. But like, it would be like a funny thing. I'd be like, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, I'm like, oh, honey, why are you fucking crying still? <laughs> God, it's so fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you being so fucking annoying? <laughs> like, I love you, but like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I 
I feel like I would lightly tell my child to shut the fuck all the time. Oh, sweetie, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) I should probably take that out. (laughs) Oh, no, that that was like, okay, finally, like, the movie was starting to uh, become what I thought it was going to be. But then it really still wasn't about that. And I was like, I don't think I know anything about this movie. (laughs) Yeah, that's like kind of just his goal. His goal is to go to New York City and make money fucking women. Yeah. And, like, it's kind of dark because (laughs) it's like he was taken advantage of sexually growing up, like, in multiple situations. Like, his family. So he didn't have a trust system because he was, like, taken advantage of, like, he was molested by his grandma. And then, like, he and his girlfriend were, like, raped by a gang or something. Yeah. And then she blamed it all on him. Yeah. And it's, like... What the fuck? So, and then he's going to New York City to, like, basically take back his sexuality or something? It's a weird thing, you know? Yeah. Like, he doesn't try to get a job ever that's not that. Yeah. And it's like, he almost has to, like, prove to... Right? Yeah, you're uncovering some things for me here. Oh, great. Here, welcome to class. I don't know, my brain's just, like, really... Dig it in. See, this is a good movie to be high for. Yeah, no. Because you could talk about it a lot. But yeah, I think it's like he had like no trust and like a loss of identity, especially when it comes to sex. And he's like, I'm going to go make money because I'm great at having sex and these women are going to pay me for it so he can be like in control. And then he gets really upset when they don't have the money like it it goes wrong every single time yeah they don't have the money that guy goes down on him he doesn't have the money bob balaban bob balaban (laughs) and i was like i know that bitch he's got i literally said the hornby glasses and i think that's what those glasses are called i wouldn't have known he's like a collegiate looking dude but yeah bob balaban's in this movie sucks his dick he sucks his dick (laughs) um but he doesn't have the money so it's like he's getting so frustrated because he Always wants to be in control and he's doing everything he thinks she, he should, but it keeps going wrong every single time. I have a devil's advocate question. Yeah. Do you think this is him going to find his identity? Or do you think he did kind of do this before wherever he was at before? Or like maybe he did it once and it worked. Like he, one time he like... Oh, I'm absolutely certain. Paid for sex. Here's the thing. And I bet it was a situation where he fucked maybe... It, maybe a dude in Texas and that was probably like so forbidden you know there um because there is a kind of like a sexuality thing in there too yeah, where yeah, like yeah. is he I feel like he's a little bit more fluid because yeah. he's not like he just likes sex yeah or like he's he doesn't it's a lot of times it doesn't even look like he likes it he just no it's like he's scared of it yeah, almost sex is because still, it's, oh man wow I'm really uncovering some layers with this movie here. yeah it's like he's scared of sex because it's like him initiating it and he's probably not been the one initiating like a positive sexual experience interesting whoa man I feel like I'm so stoned because I'm just like pulling this shit out of nowhere I didn't think of any of this before we started talking me neither Wow. You're blowing my mind right now. Dude, I you're, bet you're I bet up. a fucking college course, like where like every class you discussed a movie, like really deep detailed, this would be a good movie to talk about. Yeah, I mean I guess that's what we're doing here today. Like we are really breaking this one down. <laughs> my 
My next note, can we leave that really heady conversation for some light shit? Take it off. I mean, it is pretty sad, but in this movie, (laughs) it's 1969. So they say Gary Cooper is dead in it. And we just saw Gary Cooper in High Noon like three or four movies ago. You know what I thought you were going to say? That... 1969, 50 years ago, you had mentioned you were like, uh, he got paid $20 for sex. And you were like, well, what do you think that would equal to today? And I shout out, I guess, you shout out, I guess. But you looked it up, it was $139. Yeah. In current dollars. $20 back then, so it was a big deal because I was like, $20 $20 to us sounds so small. You but find it 20 feels... people fucking blow your nose in 20s nowadays. <laughs> yeah, literally. And I'm like, please stop Give me. throwing yeah. away money. Um, but yeah, 20 doesn't seem as drastic if you have like a job and, you know, in your, in your late 20s or you're like $20. Okay, sure. But he was asking for that price for like doing sexual services with people in my brain sex workers can charge like hundreds of dollars like two three four hundred dollars you know it goes up in how high scale everything is so i was like i have no idea what that is but i was like it was 69 that wasn't that long ago so it can't be that cheap and you said a hundred dollars and i said 50 maybe so i was thinking he was really selling himself short but yeah, it was almost $140. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal. It's a pretty sweet take for I mean, it's around. pretty good yeah, for fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how many hours, I guess. Whoa. What's the hourly rate there? Pay by the orgasm. Hey, Joe. How long were you there? What's your <laughs> hourly wage? <laughs> <laughs> but no, Gary uh, Cooper was dead. I just wanted to say that because I think it's cool that we have another kind of reference to someone on the list already and that we were talking about in High Noon. I've always known who Gary Cooper is. He People make mention of him because he's like super suave, a man's man. He's like one of the greats, but like we had no idea who he actually was. And now we have another fucking movie talking about him. Yeah, man. That's crazy. Like, I wonder, I wonder if he's going to come back up. Gary Cooper. He might. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's such a staple. We've got some old fucking movies, and we're in, like, kind of a cowboy phase of the fucking list. There's a lot of, like... (laughs) You know what I mean? There's a lot of westerns and shit in this middle portion. I yeah, there's a vibe. There's a vibe here in this section. Dusty. Yeah, there's a there's definitely a vibe going on, like from High Noon to here to Treasure of Sierra Madre. Madre. Yeah, there's a thing going on. Totally. Everything feels so even if it wasn't in the sixties or seventies, like it feels like it was. Everything's dry and dusty and orange. Dustin Hoffman came on the screen. And like, ew, <laughs> yeah, ew, <laughs> make it gross, Stifler. Noise, <laughs> noise. Um, Dustin Hoffman shows up in the movie, and I, I realize coming up is gonna be the fucking. We gotta talk about it. The fucking. I'm walking here. 
Yeah, is from this movie. The I'm walking you. I'm everybody walking knows you. that bit. That's from this movie. I didn't know it was from this movie. But beyond that, like we had, we were just introduced to Dustin Hoffman. We just introduced him in the scene prior. And he's making a choice here with the voice, with the look, with the walk. He's got a whole thing here. Yeah, he's a. I feel like a lot of movies. I'm just seeing Dustin Hoffman play Dustin Hoffman. Because even in The Graduate, he's like kind of a quiet, mumbly, you know, like that's his thing. And this one, he's like talking real loud and his name's Rico and everybody calls him Ratso. He hates it. He like has a limp and his teeth are terrible. Yeah. Like it's insane, but he's committing to it so much. I would. I understand, like, if acting was, like, a big deal for their decision for it. I get it. Like, the, not buddy cop, but, like, the duo thing. Unlikely partners or whatever. They're doing a great job with each other. And now it makes sense. And I guess it now in my head it's much more comedic than I think I thought it was supposed to be. Because, like, we just got introduced to the character and we see him being ridiculous right away. Oh, Yeah. But it's kind of refreshing for him because, like I said, like... Yeah, you don't see him do that Yeah, I don't... I mean, Rain Man is That's the only other it. one yeah. I can think of. But, yeah, it's pretty... I mean, the performances, both of them, when they, like, start out... Like... John Voight's very, like, loud and dynamic and expressive immediately. And then he, like, kind of quiets down. He has, like, a lot of self-reflection. I think it's almost like he's trying to distract himself from his memories and shit and his, like, repressed shit. And then, like, as he's in New York and he's experiencing these really sad things, he's, like, gotting... He's gotting? He he has to think about these things. <laughs> um, he's gotting to think about them. And deal with them. And he kind of gets quiet and reflective. And then he went on the bus, like, when uh, Rico dies. Like, he's just, like, holding him silently. In the beginning, he fucking meets up with that woman and the way he licks her ear, he's, like, making out with her ear. And it is so ferocious and, like, dynamic. And he's, like, talking a bunch. Just think about how at the end of the movie, he's, like, not talking at all. Yeah. He was so, like, ballsy in the beginning. Ugh, the ear thing. It was so gross. But, like, he committed a thousand He licked percent. that woman's fucking... He sucked that woman's fucking Unless ear. he was, like, so fucking into it. Like, great performance. <laughs> You gotta be into it to be in the performance, right? No, I feel like I would I'd do it and then see what I'd be like, <laughs> It was nasty. Fucking hilarious, dude. There's a moment in the movie where Dustin Hoffman is talking about reincarnation because uh, John Voight asks him if he's religious in like a christian sense like previous mm. referencing priests and stuff like that and um he was like and he has a freak out with the fucking religion thing like, oh he has a yeah major freak out um but so dust off it's like no it doesn't matter like maybe some people believe in reincarnation and then that just made my high brain go on a high thought and i was just like what if we just reincarnate into ourselves again like when we die like we don't we don't we can't change anything we have no memories of doing it before 
we just do it all over again. The exact uh, same way. But sometimes, like, deja vus, they're just, like, blips and mm-hmm. cracks in the matrix where, like, you do remember doing it last time. You went through this. Well, like, you just keep going through it. It's well, like a cycle. That's like that fucking theory that, like, when you have deja vu, that means you're, like, lined up correctly with your path or something like that. Like, yeah, that's the forever path or whatever. Yeah. And so, like, every day you're, like, not going to perfectly replicate it. But, like, those moments of deja vu, it's like, okay, you were supposed to be here. So you made it here. Mm. You're good. The more deja vu, the better. I have, I go through phases where I'm like, ah. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I go through phases with deja vu where like I won't have it for years and then I'll have it for a crazy amount of times like in a year. Oh, I feel like I have deja vu once like a month. (laughs) No, I don't have it that frequently. But like when I have it, it comes on hard. (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe my brain's just releasing something and it's like, whoa. And I'm like, whoa, I know everything. It's like, no, you don't. That's just your, like, endorphins. <laughs> it's like, you were so sad that we had to send you good things. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm supposed to be here right now. And it's like, God, she's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> there were just so many interesting decisions throughout because it jumps around. There are dream sequence, fantasy sequences. Dream and fantasy. Like ones that you can kind of tell are true and ones that you can kind of tell are like. And like they all feel very trippy. And then they like go to an artist thing and it is a drug scene. Yeah, some of the shots are weird. The lighting is dramatic. It always changes. Like everything is stylized from scene to scene. It takes on these big changes. And I think cinematically, it's awesome. It makes sense why it like, would win an Oscar, I feel like, for the year. I'm curious what other movies came out in 69. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Not my time period. Yeah, you know? but um, I feel like this movie for this list was shocking. Yeah, for, probably. Like, Well, probably for them watching it. And then, also, then, yes, I agree with you. That, like, this is kind of a shocking choice. Because what was, like, the last crazy movie that we saw? Like, everything's been kind of classic. Even Godfather is, like, a classic story. I would say Bonnie and Clyde was kind of the last extreme um, one we had. I don't think it was that extreme. Like, Dr. Strangelove. It's a weird movie. Oh, you just mean weird movies. Yeah, like, very particular like decisions were being okay, made word, word. okay so that was like 10 ago <laughs> gotcha we've gone through 10 movies we're like now this is a fucking weird movie i had no idea we've just like watched it happen one night and like all these like really big classics and shit we've seen uh humphrey bogart a lot lately <laughs> like that classic era and then we just fucking get john voight and dustin hoffman out of nowhere and they're doing a thing i okay it is it's shocking that it's on this list and so but i just i don't get it i don't get the thing that i'm supposed to grasp onto as to like why this is supposed to be here on this list is it just the you know the acting is it just because it's such a well-acted movie that it's number 36 on the list is it because it's so like Americana and it's the AFI, like mm-hmm. the American 
you know, as an American film, is it just such Americana that, like, it's on the list? Like, what is the thing that I'm really supposed to grab onto as for, like, the reason why this is, like, on the list? Beyond just it being a good movie. You know, I'm, I'm willing to take that. But, like, what's the thing that brought this to number 36? I feel And like, I haven't, I just haven't grabbed onto that. I feel like it might be performance. You think it's just an acting movie? And that's why it's, it's so I don't, high up? I genuinely don't think it's just a one thing movie. It was so odd. Yeah, but, you know, I'm, I don't necessarily mean, like... A movie can still be odd, but, you know, like, it happened one night. Yeah. It's the script. You know, that's why that is on the list. It's a well-scripted movie. High Noon's on the list because of, like, the time, then the editing. You know, there's, like, a reason why something is brought to this list, I feel like. And I can't figure this one out. Maybe it's one of the first... Yeah, because I guess all of the movies, the whole point the list is, like, movies that made a culture... Well, in a cultural impact... It it does as well so maybe like the one of the best movies to like kind of discuss taboo topics in a way that doesn't outrightly talk about them like molestation rape um sex work and um poverty like all of this crazy stuff it's like covering a lot of heavy topics, but it's not what it's about. You know, it's like a psychological thing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Because that is also like besides the acting and stuff, that's also like a theme that's like running throughout. It's like we get to know this person, but like the first thing we saw was like their psyche. And it's like they reveal a lot in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like immediately they're like, hey. Just so you know, you see this one guy who seems like a confident buck going to New York City to fuck some people. Well, this is his past and this is why he's not going to be successful is because of all the shit in his past. Fucking crazy, man. But yeah, you're really, for me, you're really uh, uncovering some layers here that I didn't even, I didn't even think of. I've been really excited to like watch an AFI movie because we had to take a little bit of a break. We've had the busiest fucking time oh we're still in the shit but we were just like we have to do a podcast like we we have had three weddings in one month and it's a lot of traveling and i'm exhausted (laughs) but so we've had to take some time off from the podcast and i've just like really looked forward to like watching a movie that's supposed to be so critically acclaimed and then discussing it I know this podcast we go on a billion tangents, but like this one, I was excited to talk about. Yeah, and you're and you're banging me some truth bombs. <laughs> banging you some truth bombs. Happy to do so, sir. Does that mean that it's munchy time? It's munchy time, folks. Munchy time. Now there's like some superstardom. Matt stopped and got me candy because we have nothing in this house. We don't even have regular food in this house. No, we, we have literally nothing. Because I'm... we're here three days a week and then we're gone the rest of the week. <laughs> Matt stopped and got me candy because you're an angel. And, um... <laughs> and we have no food in this house. <laughs> exactly. Um, and he got me Skittles and Sour Patch Kids, which I've never really eaten before. I love Skittles. I've eaten those before. Who hasn't eaten Skittles? But Sour Patch Kids, like... 
I don't really remember them growing up. And I just kind of never went that route. I did try them. I like them. The green ones taste like shit. I hate lime. So I hate lime candies. Yeah, you fed me your lime candies. I uh, I, had a little, <laughs> I fed them to you. I had a little snack off the uh, lime ones and the uh, red ones in the Sour Patch bag. But yeah, those were, are my least favorites. You ripped up the other ones. Everybody knows the blue's the best one. It's the blue they, is know, the best, that's but... That's the one you don't get the you get the least of in the bag, but it's the best one. The blue is the best one, but I think my favorite is the yellow. The lemon. I love lemon anything. Hey, Matt. What'd you eat? <laughs> so I had a little bit... Of your, your sour patches, and they had a little bit of Skittles. Um, I also had some creamy ranch habanero chips. Oh, dang. And some crackers. I tried one. I'm not a spicy person, especially with chips. I don't like, I don't like spicy things. But I was just curious. I feel like I've been trying a lot of things lately. Like, I just don't care. I know I'm not going to like it, but I'm going to try it anyways. I took a bite of that, and I was just like... It's pretty good. And then I was like, oh my God, this is the spiciest fucking thing I've ever put in my mouth. Like, it was definitely habanero, like, shaved on it. It's spicy. Yeah, I, uh, I love these, I love, like, the off brand spicy chips. Because off brand spicy chips are spicy as As fuck. (laughs) That lit my shit up. I was like, no, how could you sit and eat these? They're delicious. Oh no, they burn my mouth. Yeah, they definitely rip up your mouth like, <laughs> with heat. Um, yeah, so I had some of those, and then yeah, I like cleanse my palate with some saltine crackers. Saltines, baby. There's nothing better than a saltine. Uh, I concur. I like nothing better. You know what's better though than like the saltines that I had would be like not like four year old saltines, which I think these are. No. We bought them for sure in February. Oh, is that during Ashley's big illness? <laughs> yeah, she's big sick. <laughs> yeah. When I was sick for six weeks, it was about February when I was like, I need salt. <laughs> like, because you I couldn't... Go get me some salt. <laughs> because I couldn't keep anything in my body. <laughs> well, they're, they're stale as fuck now. Um, so I would that's say saltines have saved my life many times. Um. <laughs> uh, so it takes from February to October for them to get stale as fuck. Because when you're so sick, there's nothing in your body. You put them in your mouth. You put a little bit of water in there, and you're like, "I need to make paste." <laughs> yeah, you. I need to make paste for my. Something survival. goes in your tummy, <laughs> and it's so thick that it like won't make you nauseous. So you're like, "Paste must eat paste." <laughs> yeah, great. It's, it's the best medicine. Munchy Town. <laughs> Munchy Town. Hi, welcome to Munchy Town. Um, I'm. I said tapioca earlier as a joke, and now I really want tapioca. Now it's killing you, and you need it. I need tapioca. (laughs) And butterscotch pudding. Butterscotch pudding is good. I would eat, like, the snack pack butterscotch I want to make, like, a butterscotch pie. Ugh. Yummy. It's it's our birthday soon. Yummy. Yummy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm craving Blaze Pizza. That's what I want. I want specifically one of them little pizzas from Blaze Pizza. Covered in olives. We should go... Covered in Kalamata olives. <laughs> we should go to the movies and get some pizza before the movies. Make a full day of it. Yeah, I'm down, dog. What are you going to rate this movie, Matt? How do you feel? Ooh. How do you feel? <laughs> I don't know why, but this movie 
engaged me to my core. And I'm going to give it five Steve Gutenbergs out of five Steve Gutenbergs. Good choice. I'm sticking with the Goot. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to stick with the Goot? <laughs> Not even gonna try to come up with something else. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm going five hard. Um, I'm gonna go uh four out of five goots out of. This is the first film I think where I have liked it more than you. I uh, I went and I in... knew it when we were watching it. I was like, Matt's not fully digging this. I didn't dislike it. Obviously, four no. out of five is a very <laughs> high score. I enjoyed the film and I got a lot out of it. But it's not my, I don't know. There's something missing there for me to be like five. It's almost like, I feel so hipster about this movie. I'm just like, it's so good. And like, there are things in it that are like problematic, but like the whole thing is problematic. And it's like showing like how, wow, all this is super problematic. But it was in 1969. So I'm like, that's when it was okay to be. You know what I mean? Like just every layer, like it was mental health and sex and all of these taboo topics, homosexuality. Like there's so many things in this movie, and I was my brain was just eating it up like you a little snack. Pe- you were peeling that onion. You it were just, just layers. All the layers. I I just like stuff where I can really in my brain have like intellectual conversations with myself about like, oh, like the filmmaker might not have intended. Well, this was a book first. I'm curious what the book is like. Interesting. It's such a... It It doesn't seem like it'd be a book. It seems like such a 1969 American movie. Like, it seems like it just came out of... I wonder if, the like... The time. I wonder if, like, the book follows his life or something. Or, like, it has flashbacks. But it, like, goes into telling. This movie was, like, we're gonna keep the one story and then show through flashbacks and weird imagery what his actual past is instead of going the literal like um book adaptation yeah and if that's the case it's a smart idea that's like the way to go i think it's really effective i like the filmmaking the performances are good and like the parts like dustin hoffman's character the entire movie like made me super uncomfortable he was such a con artist in the beginning and he was sleazy and grimy. But like they make this really fucked up family. I also was thinking during it like he never had a family at all that was like a real family. And like Rico is his only fucking family. Yeah. And it's so disturbing and uncomfortable. Yeah, it's pretty like, weird. what they're trying to get up to. So like I almost detest part of the movie, but that's what makes it more intriguing to me. I just want to give it a five because I haven't watched a movie in a while that like made me use my fucking brain. I went and saw, I can't even. Don't say it. We'll talk about it in a minute. But will it come out before this? It doesn't matter. We can't talk about it here. (sighs) Check out our fucking, whatever mini episode is close to this one about movies we saw. Look at what movie I fucking watched. Yeah. My brain has been mush. It need it needed the stimulation. Well, I will say for talking about this movie, I was ready to go in. Um, after the movie was over, I had like already decided I was ready to go in with like a three and a half. Oh, really? And then talking about it and unpeeling some things and just like really getting to like look at the movie 
through your eyes that way. Um, it made me have a deeper appreciation of it, thus making me want to give it an extra half a star, putting bringing it up to four. I feel like I've been brain dead from all of like the insane amount of work we've been doing, the insane amount of traveling, the insane amount of socializing and organizing events because we've been in weddings and stuff. Like we have been on so much where I'm almost like brain dead. Like I'm just so exhausted. And I need something to, like, make the juices flow in my head again. And this weird fucking movie, number 36, did it for my brain. I liked just the vibe it gave me and, like, the amount of thinking I could do with it. And it wasn't in an annoying way. I feel like some of these movies, kind of like a Fight Club situation. Like, some, it could be a lot. But it kind of backed off pretty soon in the movie with like the flashbacks and stuff and then it let us breathe with it i get you see now i'm talking more about this movie and we're wrapping it up so sorry do you i mean if you got more to say fuck it like take it away man talk about more about this movie if you haven't seen this movie before i highly recommend watching it stoned because like i had a very heady experience throughout it and it's fun to talk about this weird shit yeah i think this is a stone movie i agree um 100 percent I may not have been as like, like super enthusiastic about the movie, but you but still it was, gave it a high score. I gave it a high score. I still obviously really liked the movie, and I really enjoyed the experience of watching it stoned because of like the trippy, you know, way the movie's made and the way the mm. story is fractured and stuff like that. It's like made for like high people, weirdly, but it's from that time, so that makes sense. Yeah, I totally did like it. A little too high at the beginning though, and I missed some stuff at the very pretty much him quitting his job. I didn't pay attention to any of that. As soon as the credits started, I was like, okay, now I can pay attention. (laughs) But Uh, I loved it. I have one final question to ask you before we close this, close the door on this. Am I ready to party? No. Um, (laughs) Because you're always ready to party. (laughs) Uh, Did he kill that guy? Oh my God, I forgot all about that. Or Or did he just like, choke him or like fucking humiliate him or did he kill that guy to get that money here's the thing the whole time this movie was going on i knew dustin hoffman was absolutely gonna die because he was coughing like a motherfucker in the beginning and he kept getting sweatier and sweatier i'm like he's dying um and he has to almost because it's like this i feel like (laughs) he represents the poison of his fucking past or something and you gotta kill it off. But I always thought that John Voigt was gonna get into some altercation with someone because of him. I thought he was going to kill a woman because he was going to have like some PTSD of his past or something. So I was expecting someone to die. Mm. And then he goes back to this guy's hotel room. And he ends up not doing anything, and the guy is just, like, he gives him this chain. It's, like, a really meaningful, strange moment with this man who's, like, trying not to do a bad thing, but is tempted and all this shit. And then (laughs) it gets so fucking out of hand. He steals the money, and he starts punching the shit out of him. And he takes that fucking phone and shoves it in his mouth. 
And then it cuts. And then it cuts. And then Dustin Hoffman's like, did you kill a guy? You have you blood, blood on you. And he doesn't really, like, answer or react. He said, I don't want to talk about it. But he doesn't, like, he doesn't let on either way. You know, <laughs> I don't think he killed him. I do think he I hope him. he did, though. <laughs> I do crazy. think he killed him. You do? I do. Because he would do anything for Dustin Hoffman at that point. Including murder. Oh, that's true. And he needed that money to get him to Florida, which he thought was going to cure him or like, you know, at least make him happy I in his know, dying days. But I feel like, oh, see, there's a scene that I keep thinking about. We're going to be talking about this forever. No, please. I want to. There's a scene that I kept thinking about throughout the movie. It's so weird. Why does the brain fixate on like moments? I mean, maybe they, it was intentional. My brain fixates on a moment in a bar when he goes and asks where Ratso is, Rico or whatever, Dustin Hoffman's character. Like, where is he? And the bartender was like, he's gone or something like that. He picks up that bottle and it like flashes to the past and he like destroys something. And then it cuts back to him holding the bottle up like he's going to throw it. And he sets it down. And it's almost like he's, as an adult, has more restraint. Mm. Yeah, because it, it's showing that he clearly had a temper when he was being molested. Yeah. Because it's a grandma. And he throws something through the uh, mirror. And he shatters mm. the mirror. Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck. And, but then, film but... scholar over fucking <laughs> Got you went to movie, film school. Got this whole movie figured out. Um, but it could go either way, though, afterwards, because he pauses in the room, and then he snaps and grabs the phone and shoves it in his mouth, and then it cuts, so it's not letting us know what happens. So, two things. Either he took a step back, and he's like, I've already kind of gone, like how similarly he like grabs the bottle or whatever. This is a little bit more aggressive, but it cuts so we don't know. I think that maybe he could have, like, stopped and was so fucking embarrassed. Because, like, you know when he gets very embarrassed, he gets very quiet and distant. And he doesn't want to talk about it. Or he completely, like, blacked out and reverted and killed him. It could be either way. But Mm, but now that you said that scene, now now I want to change my decision. I don't know. Now I want to switch. I think that scene says that both could happen. It's like him always struggling. And it is a situation of like a power play move. He wants more money. he, He was almost like he didn't want to have sex with men because he wasn't sure of his sexuality. Then he like willingly goes with that guy because he's like, I'm going to go fuck this guy and get money. The guy gives him a little bit of money and he's like, I didn't fuck you, so I can't demand more money. He's like always not in the power situation and he loses his shit. Because be, he's always powerless. Mm-hmm. Wow. A lot of layers here. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot to unpack here. Wow, this podcast ended on like such a crazy note. This is the most serious we've ever been at the end of a podcast. Good. Give him something to talk about. Yeah, let's talk about copyright. (laughs) Copyright influence. Copyright influence. (laughs) Well, I think that wraps everything up. 
those amazing thoughts. You're welcome, listeners. You can find us on social media at AF Highlist on Instagram and the AF Highlist podcast on Facebook. Send us your sillies at AFHighlist at gmail.com or your review of Getaway with Ethan Hawke and Selena Gomez. Sir Ethan Hawke and Dame Selena Gomez. (laughs) Of course. Next week, we're going to have number 37, which is... The best years of our lives. Ooh, I think it's a long one, so we'll see you. How that goes. We'll see how that goes, everybody. We'll see you at Christmas, I guess. <laughs> it's October right now. Oh, man. When, when do you think that last episode we recorded? July? No, it, it's been more recent. August? Maybe late August. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been busy, man. It's been fucking crazy. We have to now go and travel again. So, until next time. We've been high.